0: This is Beautiful Church, a podcast where we hear about how God is putting hope and courage into his church in a time when it feels like everything else is falling apart.
1: And welcome to Beautiful Church Podcast. I am Sarah McNulty.
0: I am Zach Hensley.
1: Here we are. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood today. It's a
0: beautiful. It's like it's it's like almost seventy. It is. It might be seventy. In the beginning of March, it is seventy. And sunny. That's what it says. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So this this episode today is going to come out this week. So that's exciting.
1: I am very excited to re-listen to this and have others listen to this as well.
0: Yeah. So this is Pastor Quavadas Marshall um, uh, in Waterloo, Iowa. And uh, he's a dear friend of ours because he was here at the International House of Prayer uh, for several years. For several years with us, but um, he, for the last eight years, has been pastoring up in Waterloo. I got to go take my wife. We got to minister at his church and meet his people, and I, it was just incredible. I've never enjoyed more preaching three services on a Sunday. Which three services? That's a lot of services. Is a lot of services usually, and usually by the third one, you're kind of like. I- I don't know if I can say the same thing the same way again with actual like power, but the people in his church were so hungry. It was so easy. It was like, no, I want, I want to say this again to you because you're so hungry for it. It was, Beautiful. I yeah. just yeah, I love I love his church.
1: One of my favorite things about him specifically yeah. is that every time you talk to him, it's just like Jesus cross yeah. foundational gospel. It just drips
0: off of everything he says. I
1: mean that's what that's what you remember yeah. about him when you talk to him. Yeah,
0: and you're gonna hear his testimony too. I mean, when you come to Jesus the way he has, you get to this point where, I mean, he learned about the house of prayer and prayer in prison. Right. And it was his only way he was able to get through prison. And I just, he talks about the story. It's just uh, the way that he, the Lord has sovereignly formed Quavadas Marshall is just a beautiful human being and he is laboring him and his wife are just giving themselves to the people in his hometown in Waterloo and they're really serving that community really well yeah so I mean I I'm excited about this interview
1: you know one of my favorite things which I'm not going to say what it is because you got to pitch you got to listen to it but the uh the testimony of powerful forgiveness yeah that has, I've actually talked about it a lot.
0: I was when I was editing this, I was actually tearing up rehearing some of the stories because I just went, "Oh, that's that's Jesus." It is. That's the only depths Jesus. depths of forgiveness. Can, yeah, only Jesus can do that. Yep. So, so this is Quavadas Marshall, Waterloo, Iowa, Hope City Church. Uh, here we go. All right, so we are here with Quavadas Marshall, who is the pastor of Hope City Church in Waterloo, Iowa. I, Iowa? I almost said Idaho. Uh, very different places, Idaho and Iowa. Here. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here with us, man. I just got the chance to come and see your church and uh, see your people and uh, hang out with you guys, and I, I love, love, love. I'm so excited today to have this conversation to hear about what God is doing because it was a, it's a beautiful church. I mean, I say that I think yeah. every episode because that's the name of the podcast. But Kovane. no, but it's real. Welcome.
2: <laughs> hey, it's, it's it's an honor to be here. So good to be with both of you. Uh it was it was great having you and your wife with us just, I mean, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh poured in. We we're better, strengthened, more in love with Jesus. People's hearts were tend to rise, fall deeper in love with the sun. And so it's good to it's good to see you twice, but it's <laughs> even cooler to see a longtime friend, yeah. Sarah. Uh, yeah. Hey. Hey. So you. Going so way back. I know. I mean, we've been here for eight years. We were in KC for four years. And so it's been over a decade. And my heart is really encouraged just looking at you guys and the journey and the faithfulness to the Lord and just how God's growing and expanding. I mean, for sure, for you guys, Sarah, you're a natural family. And this <laughs> is, uh, as Mike would call it, this uh international family of affection and so um it's good to be with you guys uh long Long, intro yeah no that's good
0: i i uh I, i really loved hanging out with you guys and seeing i i think my favorite thing about your people is um and they're not your people obviously but you know what i'm saying Everyone knows yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. I'm just saying that for the one guy that's going to put it in the comments. They're not his people. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, they belong to Jesus. But, but the thing that I love is, is, your, is there was hunger in the room. I mean, just yeah. the hunger for Jesus, that's, that's really easy to preach to. I mean, when, when you have a yeah. room full of people that are just, tell me about Jesus, yeah. that, that, it's, the, it's just an absolute beautiful place to minister.
2: Yeah. You know, it's that paradox that the more of him I have, the more of him I want. Yeah. And right. so hunger and the satisfaction of the hunger creates a greater hunger. And, and by and large, you know, Zach, when you were with us, I think you could tell through the various services, different, different kinds of people were gathering in the yeah. space. Um, some were hungry for more and others heard there was living water. And they were coming for a drink. Others heard there was living bread that came down from heaven. And and they were hungry because they found themselves filled with lesser things. And they came to see and to know um, that the Lord is good. And so, again, just thanks for pouring in. We loved you. Can't wait to have you back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was so much fun. You got to get Sarah out there, too. She's a preacher. I was just telling Uh, her that before
2: this. I was like, you're called to be a preacher. You're a messenger. Oh, bro. Oh, preacher intercessor, yeah, worshiper, lover of Jesus. We need to get you on the show more. <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, one of yeah. my favorite
1: things about you, Q, is that when you share the gospel, it is this, It is simply Jesus gospel. And that has been yeah. one of those things that has stuck out to me for, you know, the 12 years that I've known you. It's, it's, yeah. It is just Jesus. And I, I just love yeah. that. Every time I look at you, Every yeah. time I saw you when you were here, every time I see yeah. you online, I'm just like, "Oh yeah. Jesus, you are so beautiful uh, mm-hmm. so that's I mean that's the thing that radiates from you so I'm so excited for, to have you share with with everyone listening with us the story of of how you got to where you are yeah and we want to
0: start off with that just yeah. tell us your story and how, yeah. how I mean you have an incredible testimony. Yeah. Tell us your testimony, how you found the Lord, and, but specifically also how you ended up at Hope City, because one of the things that we're doing with this podcast is helping people understand that God is placing his leaders in place in a time when it feels like, man, what is happening in the church? God's hand is sovereignly plucking brands from the fire and setting them different places and, and putting his Holy Spirit in them to lead and to, and to preach that gospel that he's yeah. talking about. So tell us your story a little bit.
2: Jesus honestly has been at the center of my life since um, the days of salvation because of the way that I found him. I would agree with you that it seems as though, oftentimes, if you read the headlines, um, if we're watching our news feed, Uh, The problem can look bigger than the person of Christ. We can begin to think that we're the only ones left, almost like we're in the days of Elijah. You know, there's, you know, it's just me, Lord. Everyone else is going to stray. And God is always at work, right? Jesus, my father's always working. I'm working. Um, that that was my my journey at least um, in the midst of what seemed as it was deep darkness in my own personal life. Um, the light of Christ shined bright. Um, I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, I'm from Waterloo, actually. Waterloo, Iowa uh, is probably the fifth largest city in Iowa. It's got the largest population of Black people per capita. Um, the only reason that's important is to give some cultural context to what God's doing um, right now within the context of City Church. Um, I met the Lord, I was 17 years old. My girlfriend and I lived in a very small apartment in Denver, Iowa. Um, like I said, I wasn't a church kid. I knew I knew nothing about God. Um, I, you know, to use a, a Mike joke, I didn't know the difference between an epistle, an apostle or a disciple. I mean, I was, I was about as lost as a golf ball. You know what I'm saying?
0: I'm, I was lost. I was lost.
2: And um, so I didn't know who God was, um, but I knew that if there was a God, then he had to be a just judge. That if he were righteous or holy in a stature, then it would require that I gave an answer for the life that I had lived up to that point deeply involved in gang activity, um, the drug trade. Um, I had had my daughter, our daughter, when I was really young, I was 15 years old and here I am 17, I'm lost, Um, I'm hurting. I know that the path I'm on is gonna lead to death. August 23rd, um, 1997, a lot of things happened leading up to my salvation. Um, I was gonna commit suicide. Because I thought God demanded a sacrifice. I didn't know the God of the Bible. I just thought if there was a God, then he must demand a sacrifice. Um, what led me to God actually was the revelation um, that there had to be righteousness to combat the level of wickedness that I had been engrossed in. And so then I thought if there is a God and there is a heaven and a hell, I know that bad people don't get to heaven. Right. I didn't know good people don't get there either, right? Forgiven <laughs> right. people do right and so um i I was i had i was seeing things um i was there was just a lot of spiritual activity that i couldn't explain that continued to drive me to this idea there had to be a god there there had to be so august 23rd 1997 in my small apartment um, i cried out um, in my prayer um, was god if you are real if you'll show me i'll give you my life now that was at the tail end of a a three-hour confessional to this unknown God, this God who I do not know, um, I've never heard of, um, I have no knowledge of, I have no wow. experience of, and so I, I prayed, show me, and I'll give you my life. I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and a pastor knocked on my door, and um, I opened the door. He said, my name's Pastor Ilian, and I uh, He said, can I come in? I said, yeah. He opened up the Bible, said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Do you want a new life? And and broken, I said, sir, I desperately do. He took me through the Romans road of salvation. Um, I said yes to Jesus. He had one of those old hard pew Bibles, you know. (laughs) He took me to the Gospel of Matthew. I was so green. He, He opened it up at the transition of the Testament and said, read this way. Not this way because it'll confuse you. so so he left and I, I never I, I didn't see him again. Wow so the, the Lord the Lord is my witness. I would sin um so I was still involved in drugs still living with my girlfriend, but I would open my Bible up at night. I mean literally high on drugs, open up the Bible, I get Matthew is where it takes me to so I get the beatitude, I get the Sermon on the Mount. I get when you fast, when you pray. So I started fasting Friday to Sunday because Jesus didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. And so prayer has been the precursor to my salvation and every man or woman's salvation. Because John 17, Jesus says, I'm not just praying for them, but I'm praying for those who will believe. So he's praying for a lost and hurting world that doesn't know him yet. He says, I'm praying for them before they ever even know me. And the Father in his sovereignty awakened me to grace. I said yes through faith. And that began the journey. Uh, I, I wish I wish I could say that everything turned out great after that moment. I like to say salvation happens in the moment. Sanctification happens right. over a lifetime. Right, right. I, I did know three things, though. Just, I really think this is important, at least a part of my own spiritual journey. Um, I knew three things that day, which would, would have been August 24th. The next morning is when I gave my life to Jesus.
0: Wow.
2: I knew that, one, my sins were forgiven. I knew that. I just knew that everything I had done, I had received absolution. I knew that the that my blood, you know, my, my sin as though it was a red, uh, like crimson stain. He washed me white as snow, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Number two, and I can't explain how, but I knew what I would do for the rest of my life. And number three, which three, I guess, would have been, I knew, I can count sometimes. Um, really, like number three was, um, I knew what I would do for the rest of my life. Wow. And I knew I would pastor in this city. I knew, so I knew what pastor and I knew it would be in the city. And really, my, my challenge for, for those watching this podcast, the beautiful church, is to consider the things that move the heart of Jesus. Jesus yeah. is found weeping only two times in Scripture. Yeah. Over people and over places. Yeah. He weeps over the city yeah. and he weeps for his friend.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: In catching the heart of God is, is allowing him to break our hearts for the things that break his. And so, so Zach, for 18 years, Sarah, for 18 years, it was a prayer. So I knew I would pastor. I knew that. And I, I had no, I don't know how I knew here's how, here's how much I knew I would pastor. My girlfriend kicked me out. Cause I told her all the bad things I did. We <laughs> were living in, we were living in a different city. And the only church in the city was a Catholic church. The Lord is my witness. So I call the Catholic church and I go, I'm supposed to be a priest. I'm supposed to dedicate my whole life to God. And the guy on the other end, he says, um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. I say, well, I'm 17. I've got a two-year-old daughter. He goes, well, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> 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 so on, so for 18 crazy. years, this what I'm doing oh, now is God. a prayer. It was a prayer. You know, I walked with the Lord for about two, about almost two, a little under two years. Um, I, ended up, I ended up backsliding through a series of events and uh, I went to prison. Um, I went to prison and uh, I did seven years, four months in prison straight. I did seven and a half years in prison. Um, I committed the crime, worst day of my life, but, but I can see the sovereign hand of God. And it was in the context of prison. I call prison, the Seminary of the Shepherd Staff. It was in the context of prison oh, so that I learned about pastoring. It's where I preached my first message. It's wow. it's where I learned about um, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Missouri. It's where I did my first 40 day fast. It's where we in prison were doing the harp and bowl model. It's in prison where I learned about church planning. Um, it's, it's in prison that we planted our church. It's in prison that I saw the beauty of the body of Christ in all of her form. Wow. Um, every night, every Friday night, I should say, we would have different churches come in and do revivals. And so one week would be Mennonites, one week would be Catholics, one week would be Pentecostals, one week would be Baptists. And I learned a valuable lesson in, in this is this. The Lord spoke to smart, very clear. He said, be careful how you talk about another man's wife. Wow. And she's my brother. Wow. That's so good. Now, I think in our language about the church, she is beautiful because he says she is. Yeah. And, and so 18 years, it was just a prayer. Um, I came off from prison. God restored my family. Um, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, waited on me um, for seven and a half years, wow. got plugged into our church, was a director of a house of prayer here in Waterloo, moved to KC, was there four years left serving the team, and then moved home eight years ago and at Hope City Church. Wow.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: That's amazing.
1: There's so many things in your story that I'm like, oh, that's that sounds like Jesus. Like I know that voice. I know those phrases. Yeah. Like this is this yeah. is him. This is, and the prisoner, yeah. like goodness gracious.
2: I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Acts Act 16. It's a it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture of what I believe God's up to um in the context of, of prisons. And by the way, we're all prisoners, right? Right. Right. Um, We've been prisoners to lesser things and the invitation is to become a prisoner of the Lord. That is the invitation. Um, And so act 16, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. Paul and Silas are in prison in the city of Philippi. (laughs) So this is where the Philippian church gets birthed. Wow. And it, it says while they're in prison, they're praying and worshiping. Yeah, God starts tapping his foot. The doors of the prison break open. You see cultural, historic revival happen in prison. The jailer gets saved. The whole household gets saved. Whole household gets saved before they end up in prison. He meets Lydia, the 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 woman from Thyatira, the seller of purple dyes. So watch this. In the church of Philippi, you've got the wretched and the rich, and then Paul has to write them a letter and say, "Get along." Wow. And I, I truly believe right now, just a small, small nugget of what I think God's doing is they pulled the Bibles out of schools and God put them in prisons. Wow. And I really believe that there's a historic revival coming out of the prison system. Wow. Um, over, over a million people in prison, 95 percent of them are coming home. And I, I got to bear witness to what God was doing in prison, not just as an incarcerated person, but well, I was released, and one of my assignments while at IHOP was working with Prison Fellowship, the largest prison ministry in America. My job was to uh, travel across America and launch houses of prayer in the over 200 prisons that they were in, and we just saw God do beautiful things. And and then the Lord called us home to plant the church. And um, yeah, man, it's been a great journey. The church is beautiful, my brother. She is. Beautiful. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. I just, I, 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 this is one of the few times where I don't really have anything else to say because uh, there isn't anything else to say. That's just, that's just a beautiful story. Yes. I, yeah. yeah, you have your Bible open. Why do you have your Bible well, open?
1: Well, because you know you talk about Acts 17. I feel like, and eh, it's the you know the normal. <laughs> Let's talk about Acts 17.
2: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I meant to say 16. So if you go back to 16, yeah, that's,
0: that's yeah, what
2: yeah, yeah. Was. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, you know the 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 Thessalonians were more noble than the Bereans, right? Because wow. they searched the Scripture. Yeah. To see yeah. all the things Paul says. So let me get my Bible right. Um <laughs>
0: Acts, 16,
2: Acts 16. Um, it, it really is. It's this beautiful story. Not, I mean, because I, I do maybe and maybe that is the point here, is just to pause and say, um, the church is this expansive spiritual family right. that that spans through walls and territories and I I just wonder what would happen if we could consider that there's a part of my body inside of the prison in Kansas City. Yeah. Like there's a real part of my body that's there. That's that's why the writer of Hebrews says, don't forget those who are in prison as if you are in prison with them. Now, granted, they were not in prison for committing crime, but God is still the redeemer. I mean, if you consider all of our heroes at one point in time spent time in prison, Jesus is a convicted felon.
0: Yeah. Right. right. Right.
2: He's not guilty. Right. He's innocent, but he's, he's he's convicted. Paul, I mean, the epistles are written in prison. Right. Um, so it's just this beautiful. There's this beautiful picture, wow. I guess, uh, of, of God is able to save to the uttermost all who would call upon his name. Yeah. That he is the respecter of persons. And and I really just my encouragement would be that, that we would see the beauty of the church. Oftentimes what's beautiful is that which looks like us. Right. Whether it's whether it's ethnically, socioeconomically, or culturally, yeah. So we'll find those things beautiful. People who dress like us, eat like us, talk like us, walk like us, yeah. right? And he says, No, no, my bride is beautiful in all of her, all of her diversity. You know that that First Peter 14, that um, that as each one has received a gift, let him use it um, as putting on display the manifold grace the manifold grace of God yeah. and it, that, that word manifold is where we get the word multicolored.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And there's something lost when we as the body of Christ don't find each other. Yeah. And, and that, that was really, you know, that has been the story for us at Hope city. Um, you know, my wife and I um, moved home um, from KC um, eight, almost eight years ago, we had a yes in our heart. I had never pastored before. Um I've been in vocational ministry for years but never pastored. Yeah. Didn't know a lot about church planning or pastoring. Um but but we came home with a with a very simple truth and that was as Sarah alluded to it that Jesus says if I am lifted up then I will draw all men to myself. Wow. And so the vision has been to preach Jesus and get out of the way.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: We will not lose our simplicity of devotion. There is a simplicity of the gospel. Yeah. You don't graduate past it. You go deeper in it. You let it rapture you. You let it yeah, overcome so you. Yeah. you. You let it humble you at its simplicity, yeah. at its complexity, that God became man and yeah. died for me. I mean, just that, this the, the truth of that is, is um, it's, it's unraveling. And so we, we moved home, uh, gathered a launch team, 12 people said yes. Uh, started weekend services eight years later, uh, by God's grace. Um, Our church is the most diverse um, church in our community. And when I say diverse, I mean ethnically, socioeconomically, politically, generationally. God has been so kind. Um, we're about fifty percent, fifty-five percent white post-COVID, thirty-five percent black, um, the rest Asian and Hispanic. And um, you, you know, the the beautiful thing has been watching a group of people find them find each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you know there are there are these barriers, right? That like Ephesians two, he has removed the the dividing wall of hostility, right? And yeah. the, the, In the temple, there's this dividing wall between the nations, and yeah. and Jesus yeah. has removed this this wall of hostility. And I, I think the for us, the wall is an internal one. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, it's the it's the wall of uh, here, let me say it this way. Um, there are three barriers that we have to remove to find each other um, in terms of diversity, um, ethnically, this, so sociologically, or socioeconomically, because um, there's three barriers. Um, and the two of them we should be able to do pretty easy. Yeah. And it's the it, we have to remove the, the barrier of proximity, which is not around each other. Yeah. It's, Right, you know, I'm, we live around people who look like us, eat what we eat, right? So, yeah. so I'm never around someone who's not like me. Um, and then to remove the barrier of time, I just don't spend time with anybody who's yeah. not like me.
0: Yeah,
2: and the first two should be easy to remove because the Church of Jesus Christ is not confined to a particular people group. Um, actually, in, in seminary, they teach what's called the hub. The hub Principle, which is a homogeneous unit principle, and it is a way to grow a church. And so they say identify people who all look alike and enjoy the same things culturally and build a church out of that. And so, in other words, find a shared affinity. They're all young. They're all uh, urban professionals. They're all intellectuals. They're all poor. Because you gather people around that. Well, that's 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 anti-gospel. Yes,
0: it is. That's right.
2: Right. He goes, no, 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 no. Go into the highways and byways and find whoever you, whoever you can. And so the church should should be able to easily remove those first two. And we were able to, by God's grace, remove those first two. But it's been the third one that has required the scalpel of the cross. And it's this. It's the barrier of perceived innocence. It's the barrier of perceived innocence. And the reason it requires a scalpel because I have to do hard heart surgery and identify areas where I have biases and blind spots, not, not prejudices or even or even racial or racist tendencies. I just have biases yeah. and I have blind spots. You know? yeah. And we all have them as a black man in America. I have biases and blind spots, you know? And, and that has been the harder thing to, to remove is the illusion of innocence. Yeah. And but but here's the good news, he's gonna do it. Yeah, his Amen. church will be beautiful. Every tribe, tongue, people, yeah. nation, Um, it is the promise given to a father Abraham. It was a dream in his heart in Genesis yeah. one, and it's this prayer in John seventeen, and it well, will it's be fulfilled.
0: It's kind of like what you're saying. Like you, what you what you stated out at first was you know a strategy that they teach in seminary. But you remove that, get that out of the way, and you just do what God told you, which is exalt Jesus, Jesus and the people will come. And and God has no barriers. He has no prejudice towards one or the other. God draws all humans in that area unto himself. And it's amazing what happens when the Holy Spirit—obviously, you have systems process. You know, you have— you got to yeah. have flows and all of that. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the strategy is his gospel. Yes. The strategy is his message. Nothing... That that's our... Sorry. It, 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 that, it, go ahead, say Nothing
1: it. but Christ and him crucified. Yeah. And I think that's the... The one of the beautiful things that I I am seeing in the church, talking with different people from around the nation, is just like, no, we got We just got to talk about Jesus. He'll take care of the rest. His soul from he can divide soul from spirit, joints and marrow. The, the scalpel that you're talking about,
0: scalpel across yeah. is such a oh, great word. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, I I would last point because we got to take a break. But uh, uh, I love that. Uh, it's I think it's Acts 6, 17. My point is is when uh Paul goes to Mars Hill uh, and he and he reasons with the Greeks. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. After that, he sees Acts almost 17. nobody coming to him. And after that, he goes from this point right. on, that's when he writes in First Corinthians. From this point on, after I tried that, I resolved to preach nothing but Christ and him crucified. And so yeah. I just that's what that that's what this story reminds me of is you coming yeah. and just preaching Christ in Him crucified. Well, That's because
1: beautiful. I know you said we have to end, but the, I'm going to say something <laughs> else. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, even just as you were sharing, and the exaltation of the cross, and the, the simplicity of the gospel, you get into it deeper, and it gets yeah. more simple, but we can get more offended. Yeah. Because oh, it sure. requires more and more. Right. of us. It's like no it really is just this. Like it really is just the power of the cross. Like his blood is so powerful. He is so holy, but his blood is so powerful. In the fear yeah. of the Lord, I must come to him. Like right. how dare I disrespect the blood?
0: Right. The, in yeah, that yeah. way to
1: yeah. stay away or I I must give up this and say yes. This you say this is what I am. This is how you created me. This is I, I must do that, and that is so offensive. Yeah. Because, and then we, you know, then that lie comes in of is he good and did he really mean? Yeah, you know what? This is what he meant.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And and it requires right. everything yeah. but one yeah. thing. That's
0: right. That's so good. So, so good. Okay, we got to take a break. We'll be right back with Quivadas Marshall from Hope City Church.
1: So here we are. Yeah. In Kansas City.
0: Yeah. And doing a live we, read.
1: Doing a live read, doing this, you know. Pitch.
0: We're just we're just reading the script right now. We are. Here's yeah. my script. Here's right an here. ad in the middle of this amazing conversation. No, that it's the to.
1: overflow of my heart. Yes. And actually, what I'm thinking about today, yeah. and what I want to ask you about is, you yeah. have some courses. Yes. That you are coming out with. Yes. Specifically for local church pastors.
0: So so both. Uh, so specifically for local church pastors, there's um, some coaching materials that are coming out in terms of how to build a praying church and build your church around prayer. So you can check that out, sign up for that. But also, um, how to uh, how How to pray? Um, Doing some different courses on on the subject of prayer, the subject of devotional prayers. How to pray with your kids? How to pray as a family? And so uh, those are all going to be available. Um, It it, you know depends on when this ad airs. They will either (laughs) be up right now or they will be available soon. But what you can do is you can go to zachhensley.com. Z a c k. I'm not a Zach. I'm a Zach. Z a c -K 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 k. Uh, Z-A-C-K-Hensley, ZachHensley.com, and there will be a little uh, box that you can drop your email in, or you'll be able to buy the courses if they're there, but you cool. can drop your email and sign up and it's gonna be fun.
1: ZachHensley.com.
0: ZachHensley.com. Visit it. All right. Well, let's get back to this interview with probably some really awesome stuff happening.
1: <laughs> KQ, for eight years you've been pastoring this church, exalting Jesus preaching Christ and him crucified, what are some of the things that you have seen the fruit of that coming out in the last eight years?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we become like the people we spend the most time with. And as as we as a church have tried to lovingly draw near to Jesus and invite others to do the same, we've we've watched Him transform people into in His likeness. You know that 2 Corinthians three eighteen, right? That uh, as we behold Him, we become become more like Him. And uh, I think it's three eighteen. And, and we've watched God do that. One of my one of my favorite stories um, of being able to witness it, um, which I consider a high honor. There's a um, this guy in our church. Uh, she's a single mom. She's got two kids. Um, her name's Missy. She's got two kids, Seti and Sophie. Uh, Sadie's named after his dad. I, I knew his dad, um, grew up with his dad. Um, his dad was murdered um, while they were both babies. Um, they were actually murdered by another one of my friends. Um, when I got arrested, I was in the county jail in while I was there awaiting prison, this is, you know, over 20 some years ago, uh, the guy comes in for murder. And at the time I've repented, I'm doing Bible studies in the jail and and his name's Tone. I say, Tone sit down with me, man, let me talk to you about Jesus and the need for salvation. And he started attending Bible studies with me. And then I got shipped off to prison and he came to that prison I was in. He didn't have anything and so, you know, I, I kind of took care of him. I gave him the supplies and the, and the different the different things that he needed. Well, I get out, I get out of prison. We plant the church and we do this thing called angel tree, um, which is where the incarcerated parent will ask the church to give a Christmas gift to their child on their behalf. And so when we, when we get the name of the child and buy the gift, we don't show up and say, Hey, here's a gift from Hope city church. No, no, no. We say, Hey, we want you to know your dad's thinking about you. Yeah. Your your dad loves you. Wow. Um, Your mom misses you. And they're so sorry. They're away. Well, sometimes you don't know what kids are going to get and some people just put money in and, you know, buy whatever toy you want. Well, um, I'll never forget this year. Uh, we end up getting the, the children of the guy who murdered her, her children's father. Wow. So essentially, she provided Christmas gifts wow. Wow. to the children of her children's murderer. Wow. And, and only the gospel has the power to make enemies into friends. I remember one other time I was with some of our students and um, we were talking about salvation. We're talking about grace and, and how it's a free gift to us because it costs Christ everything and i've got about 10 12 boys in my group and um and we're talking about it as a free gift this is just free gift that that god wants to offer you you have to receive it but he gives it to you freely and i could tell there was just this disconnect with the students you know and so i reach my wallet I grab money out and I hand it to this kid. And uh and he looks at it, he takes it, and I say, Do you know why I gave you that? You know? And he goes, Yeah, because I'm 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 a good kid. I said, No, you're not. You're the most talkative kid in this group. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, it's a free gift. I said, this is what the father wants to give you you can't earn it you the moment you deserve it it ceases to be grace yeah i said this is the kind of father you have and my heart broke because one by one 11 of the 12 boys told me the story of how their father had left them wow one boy i don't know who my dad is another boy my my dad left my mom when we were really young and you get story after story and i'm realizing it's hard to grapple with the knowledge of a heavenly father when the, the earthly father you should know has abandoned you. Yeah. And then there's this boy named Trey and Trey goes to share and he says, um, he says, you know, my dad isn't here because my dad is in prison for murder. Wow. And I say, Trey, who's your father? And he tells me the story. And I know the story it was a gruesome homicide. And I say, Trey, I'm so sorry. You know, God, your, your heavenly father will never leave you. Mm-hmm. And as I'm saying that, the boy who I gave the money to gets up and says, Trey, I want you to have this money. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And it turned into this holy moment where the Father was loving us through us. You know, yeah. uh, Psalms—I think it Psalms 86:6—it says, uh, "He, the Father God, yeah. puts the lonely in families. Yes. Oh. That's and causes shame. the prisoner to sing. Yeah. And I just watched again this beautiful picture of the church that God does His work through our hands, and I watched these young people love and, and care for one another. And, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is, bro. It, it's it's Sarah, it's that it's that passage and um it says the Lord is near the brokenhearted. Yeah. 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 And if you want to find God, yep,
0: yep,
2: somebody with a broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's because right. that's where he is. Yeah. And as a dad, the greatest thing you can do for me. Is love the things that I love? Yeah, and there's nothing I love more than my children or my wife. Yeah, and it's a very practical way that we can love the Father by loving the things He loves. It's crazy, <laughs> but He loves lost things. Yeah. yeah, He loves broken things. It's just who He is. Yeah, that is. I, I I love all of this. One of the
0: one of the things that uh, I want to ask you about is, so. There's this narrative right now against the church, and we know that this is going to grow and over and over and over again, but because of maybe one or two big mega names or, you know, big mega leaders and, you know, it was some guy falls because of money and you find out that like the dude was actually like trying to use the IRS to get a housing allowance on like eight mansions. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what is this guy even doing? Or the right. guy that's praying for the third jet, you know, cause he needs three right. because he's got a big right. ministry, you know, whatever. Those are the, you know, when I talk to even family members or people just out in the community, a lot of times when they hear about the church, you know, evangelicals and their you know Trumpisms and their money and yeah, their yeah. whatever. It's not a common reality in the church in America. That's not really what the church of America is like. Your church, to me, is more so a picture of what I see when I go to cities and towns and whatnot. I see pastors doing what you're doing with these boys. I see them serving yeah. and giving and. And and doing whatever they can to really make sure that their community is cared for and knows Jesus. And talk about Hope City kind of in terms of like who you guys are. And you know the narrative I'm talking about, and I'm not trying to say that we need to defend it or anything else. I'm just trying to create a contrast to it where we, we, the church in America does need help, but... There are yeah. so many more churches like yours than there are the big mega guy. The big mega guy gets all the headlines, and so it feels like that's all of the churches. And it's like, no, most of the churches are guys like you out here grinding it out. But, 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 talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I think it. I mean, you know, to some degree, you know, Zach, there, um, there is a reality that God has chosen to entrust um, His church to weak and broken people. Yes, um, you know the the story is Jesus gets to heaven. The angels say, "Who'd you leave the gospel with?" And he says, "The same people who needed it, right?" And they go, <laughs> "Amen." Like, Let's like go. <laughs> that's not a foolproof way of not jacking it up again. Right. And that's not to make light of church church hurt abuses, um, excesses, yeah. um, or any of that. Um, but I think it's I think we want to consider the cause of our angst. Yeah. Um, is it is it truly justified sense of righteousness and a desire to see the church purified? If it is, then I would I would call you to embrace Galatians six, which says to restore in the spirit of gentleness. Yes. Yeah. Um. Not to join the activity of the accuser of the brethren. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think we've got to ask ourselves what is our motive, number one? And then, two, what is our method of seeing things changed? Yeah. Um, you know, no one's ever been hurt more by the church than Jesus. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and so, reach, yeah. You wow. know, not to minimize, you know, not to minimize oh, oh, yeah. any of that. I would also agree with you there's more standing than there are those who are falling.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, those who are falling are the ones that getting that are getting the attention partly because bad news sales right um just watch the news it's never firefighter saves cat out of the tree you know <laughs> some embezzlement scandal you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah little girl yeah. sells Girl Scout cookies and gives them away to her neighbor you know it's it's always the the, the negative yeah. the negative narrative um so I, I would just say we just want to be want to be wise want to be careful. We want to be attentive. We want to look around us. Um, yeah. And ask ourselves really, is this indicative of the church or is there some caricatures happening? Right. Um, you know, um, in, in terms of, in terms of what, what we found is that, so there is a real part of the human condition that is really lost. Yeah. Yeah. That is, is really lost. Yes. And, um, You know, apart from Christ, we don't have the light of life. And so we are groping in the dark, trying to lay hold of anything that feels. Right. Sometimes we hold on to things that feel good. Sometimes we hold to things that feel bad, but it gives us a sense of stability and our equilibrium. We, we find where we are in the pain and in the pleasures of life. And only Jesus says, I can give you something greater than that. I can give you purpose. Yeah. I can give you myself. I can give you light out of this darkness. Mm-hmm. I would also add, I would also add, the reason that's important, the reason it's important is because I, I said, it the way one guy said it to me, he said, he who rows the boat has no time to rock it. <laughs> you know God, what i'm saying and, and so, <laughs> yeah. um, so i would just kind of go you know do you want to do you want to have an opinion or do you want to be a part of the process right um so so that would be just one on the narrative number two what i would say at the same time at the same time brother this is this like 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 everybody loves grace until our enemy gets it right oh that's such a great point
1: and this is actually a question I wanted to ask you. Like, you're, there, there's a theme here of forgiveness.
0: Yes. And yeah. you
1: shared that story of that yeah. of that mom of the two kids providing. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you see the effects of forgiveness being?
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, it's powerful, right? What scripture says? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, yeah. right? Um, Colossians three. Um, he says, you know, close yourself with kindness. Um, He goes on and he says, making allowance for one another's faults, forgiving one another just as Christ, just as God in Christ forgave you. And and this this idea like you want to keep some spirit change.
0: Wait, this is one of those moments where I read a verse a thousand times and I just never paid attention to one word. Uh, Making allowance for one another's faults. Yes. Making
1: space. Like, it's okay.
0: Yeah, like I teach, there's other places I, I, that you can find that in scripture, and I've taught that, but I just, I forgot that that's in that verse. Making that's allowance right. for others' faults.
2: Keep and some spare change. Yeah.
0: It's, it's the idea Keep- that love isn't blind. Love sees the the worst parts and says, I'm not going anywhere. Like, love love sees your faults and says, that's That's why I'm choosing to love you is in the midst of your faults.
1: And personality quirks. Yes. And cultural differences and those things that I am biased against. Yes. You know, like, no, actually, I need you in my life so that I can get rid of these biases. I need that rub so that I can love the church as Christ loves me
0: that's so good yeah i interrupted you yeah. keep going but but I just, no no I no, no no to, no. i wanted to pull back and go wait a second i'm having one of you know you it happens all the time when you read the bible you're like wait, i've read that verse that 50 word? times but i yeah, yeah. didn't realize i forgot that that was there
2: anyway well bro what what, 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 what what consider this that's the whole narrative right the whole narrative is watch this forgive us our debts yes yeah well like like okay i've got to make allowance I've got to forgive someone their debts. Why does he use these money terms? Well, because whenever uh, whenever uh, an offense is committed, a debt is owed. Yeah. And he says, so make allowance for someone. In other words, be prepared to cover their bill. Right.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Because you're in debt to me. Yeah. Right. And because you're in debt to me, so what? What does it do? So, so here's how you do it. As and I not just speak to the pastors in the room, I just in the leaders in the room. What I would say to you is that you're going to create the context of the kind of culture and community that you create. You can't teach culture. You can only you can only be culture. Right. Um, so so what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, I remember Mike said at one time, he said he said, if I exaggerate in the pulpit, I'll create condemnation in the pew. Right. Wow. So if you're always on fire, if you're always great, if you're always good, the real people in the room, are wondering, well, what in the heck is wrong with me? But if you lead with your weaknesses. So here's what I've learned is that people will admire my strengths, but they will relate to my weaknesses. And if I lead with my weaknesses, I'll make Jesus the hero and not me.
0: Yeah.
2: And if I make Jesus the hero and I being the quote unquote under leader in the house, then what it does is gives other people permission to be honest. Yeah. And it can't be good news until I first tell them the bad news, which is that apart from Christ, this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. and, and because of Christ, this is who I can be. And a, a forgiveness-rich environment will create a humble, a tender, a loving, a sacrificial people because love demands what it gives. Right. And in light of this love, we, we we long to give it back. And so let me tell you one more little, little thought with that is that I was deeply convicted. I heard uh, my pastor, uh, Pastor Chris, say to to a group of us one time. He said, after after the after the resurrection, you know, Peter has his deal. He denies Jesus three times. Does the deal? He said, no one would have chose Peter to be the leader after that, but Jesus did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But can you imagine Jesus bringing Peter to the bros and like, hey guys, he's. He's restored. He's the guy I'm going to use. Yeah. And you go, right. why would you use him? Yeah. He can't be trusted. He let us all down. He betrayed us. And the only reason they said that because they were blind to their own brokenness. Right. Which is a form of self-righteousness, which is, which is showing us that we're putting our faith in our works again. Yeah. In other words, my tally marks are higher than yours. Therefore, I hold the right. To hold you back, hold you down, or to look on you—not just with judgment, because judgment isn't bad. It's just assessing something. But to judge you in light of my righteousness, as opposed to judging us both in light of His righteousness—that's why Jesus says, "Be careful! Be careful what you do. Be careful how you judge, because it's going to be—it's going to be measured or judged back. It's going to—it's come back to you the same way that you give it, essentially, right? Shaken together, measured, you know, poured over, and all, and all that, and all that jazz. And so, I think, Sarah, what we're trying to do is communicate and live out a truth that the ground is level at the cross. Yeah. That the invitation of Jesus is for all of us to come because all of us are broken. All of us are sinful. All of us are in need of redemption, which creates a profound confidence. Honestly, sis, what I found is there's a confidence um, because the confidence isn't in them. Their confidence is in his mercy. Their confidence is in his compassion, right? That first John 418 I think it is it says you know um perfect love cast out fear because fear involves punishment those who fear are not made perfect in love and so the more confident I am in love the least likely I am to walk in fear right well that confidence is in, in my righteousness but but in this forgiveness
0: yeah oh, I love this we got to take a break um but uh, man, I'm, this is a, th- that last segment, bro, I'm going to go back and re-listen to for myself. Right, take <laughs> it some was, notes. I was you're like, like yes, that was so Jesus. good. That was great, man. <laughs> I just, I love how Jesus drips off of you. And I just, I appreciate that about you. And that's, it's one of the yeah. reasons why you're here. So uh, we're going to yeah. take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, well, so this is a live read. Yeah. You know what a library is? I have no idea. That's where they put ads into podcasts and then you read the ad. Oh,
1: I don't have anything to read, though. I don't either. But I have something.
0: So it's a life say.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's it's a great. life say. Yeah, yeah. So
0: talk to us about the International House of Prayer University.
1: Yeah, okay. So we are actually filming at IHOPU. That's what we call it. Yeah. The International House of Prayer University. It's a four year school. You can do one, two, four years, whatever you want to do. One, and
0: two, three, or four. <laughs>
1: Can you do three? No, I oh, think not. Uh, maybe I'm just kidding. Yeah. You can always stop
0: at the end yeah. of three.
1: But four is great, and there we have a media school, we have a music school, and we have a ministry school.
0: We wouldn't be doing this podcast without the media school. No. Because
1: Shout out to Leslie.
0: To Leslie, because this Who's is over there. This podcast, Woo! you might not know this, is actually part of her senior project. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing the filming. Doing the filming. It's
1: really great. Yeah,
0: uh, all we the studio her. stuff. Yeah. We appreciate her. Yeah. She's
1: got lots of things to work with.
0: Great setup. Good
1: experience. And you
0: know, it's even crazier about this uh, live read, live, uh, say, say yeah. um, is that we're not getting paid for it. yeah <laughs> We just wanted to do it.
1: We like IHOPU. We
0: like IHOPU and we think you should come. So if you're looking for a place to come, uh, we also have internships that go for six months here. Um, maybe even if you're looking like for like that gap year thing yeah. where you just want to go somewhere for a year, you have a young person that wants to go somewhere for a year. We suggest IHOPU.
1: Yes. Come join us here.
0: All right, let's get back to this interview.
1: Okay, so Q, one of my favorite parts of the show is hearing from leaders and pastors about what they have been feeling the Lord is doing in the church in America. You know, you see it in your church, you're asking the Lord every week, every day, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? I want to do this. And and he he answers, right? Like that's, he he does that. Anyone who asks for wisdom, God gives it. And so here we are, (laughs) we're post-COVID and um, lots of crazy things happened in the last four years. excuse me in the last three years and uh what do you feel like it doesn't you don't have to necessarily reference covid but what do you feel like he's doing right now and and leading the church what is he saying what is he doing um yeah yeah what do you what do you see yeah
2: no, that's a great question, and I think it's a question that that any believer should be asking. Lord, what are you doing? Um, I think there is a um, it's a geographical question, right? And the circles of of impact widen. Is, is first, Lord, what are you, what are you saying and doing in me? Yeah. what are you seeing and doing around me like within my sphere of influence and authority and then Lord what are you doing within my within my my church family or my my fellowship and, and so on and so forth and I think the Lord's doing many things and and giving many people different pieces of the puzzle there seems to be a an overlying um, theme um that 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 the Lord is is not just saying but we're seeing and it's it's prepared it's prepared um it's it's very clear it is the the what the lord is saying and what we're seeing I believe is, is prepare, yeah. um, prepare, prepare for what? Prepare for the fulfillment of his promise yeah. um, and the unique dynamics that will exist in the generation of the Lord's return. Um, and so what do we, what do we do with that? Um, I, I would say, as I look at COVID as hard, as it, as hard as it was for people who lost loved ones. Um, I did a ton of funerals oh, during yeah. those two years. Um, I've watched friends who love Jesus, who started godly businesses lose um, all of their financial wealth. And so I want to be careful how I say the next statement. Um, but, but you know, in some ways, COVID and the events of the last couple of years was what I'm calling the great equalizer and the great revealer. Yeah. It's the great equalizer. And it was the great revealer. I think it it did not. It revealed what was what was in us. Yeah, um, that's so good for good for better or for worse. Yeah. It revealed what was in us. It revealed what our what our churches were built on were built on what they were built around. Yeah. Um, it, it 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 really did. It put a lot of us on le- on a level playing field. In in that um, what was what was exposed was that we are just men and women. Um, when you turn off the lights, do you have a crowd or do you have a community? Yeah. Um, when you can't gather in the building, um, do we know how to gather in homes? So it was almost like a speed bump, almost like a pop quiz yeah. in some ways um, for the church in America and globally, to be quite honest with you, Yeah, um, globally. Um, so if the message is prepare, well, then what's to be our posture, right? And so okay. if the message is is prepared that must be our posture and so what my my tendency is to go back to the word and say well what have you already said um, because i had a mentor say she said during test time the teachers always silent
1: <laughs> that is true
2: the, that is very but true but but the good news is that it's an open book exam and we've got the paraclete right right yeah, amen. and so Let's go. and so there's a cheat code and i've got a tutor to help me holy spirit <laughs> And and so, okay, Lord, um, you know we know all the passages, especially those of us who've kind of lived close to this prayer prophetic movement, um, you know. And, and honestly, in some ways, I heard a guy say, he says, "Are you willing to risk your reputation in the moment to gain credibility at the hour of, at the hour of need?" Yeah. And so the question is, am I willing to do the homework now to prepare for the for the coming test that we know is coming, whether it's in my lifetime or the lifetime of my kids? or my great, great grandkids, it seems to be in America, the pendulum of a a, a, um, increasingly immoral society, it's beginning to, in an increased way, impact some of the liberties and freedoms that we've had as followers of Jesus in this nation. Nowhere near at the scale of persecution in in other places, but it, it does seem to be some precursors to things that were, that were written in scripture about no nation standing with Jesus. Jesus says, when all men will, all men will hate you for my name's sake. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it, there's a lot there. There's a lot about, I think there's, let me say, this way. there's some wooing yeah. and there's a warning. Yeah. There's a wooing of come back to your first love, you know, draw after me, be people of prayer, be people of worship. But there's also but there's also this this thing, um, you know, it's that it's that Song of Solomon. Um, she says, where are you at? And he says, I'm feeding your little sister. Yeah. Right. It's this idea. I'm I'm, I'm I am at work in the world. Right. And so join me there. Yeah. Find me there. Yeah. And so the church, in my opinion, the wooing is, is come after me. Right. Then be sent. Yeah. Come after me and then be sent. Our God is a missionary.
0: Yeah. I Father. Love the, I love the wooing in the morning thing. I I yeah. I like that a lot. I, so we're recording this, you know, it depends on whenever you listen to this, but we're recording this uh, right after the 2023 Grammys. And, uh, you know, there was the... Uh, the one guy, I I can't remember his name, Sam Smith or whatever, dressed up and they did like a whole satanic, like worship scene. And part of me was, it was kind of like two different things on one side. I was like, eh, I mean, Hollywood's always been evil. Now they're just being covert with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we know you're evil. So, yeah, yeah, it, th- thanks for taking the mask off and just being blatantly evil. We already know yeah. that. And now you're showing it and even the the lyrics of the song, you know, are about, you know, cheating on your spouse and all of that kind of stuff and it's just like so obvious yeah. how, you know, in in a in a in a spectacle sort of way, like, you know, it's just easier for people to be more open about that kind of stuff in our society right now. But there is my response to it was kind of one that is, you know, uh Man, what is this? But I love the wooing in the morning because I think that's the two responses I ended up with was like God, mm-hmm. this is sad because my kids have to grow up in a society where this is becoming more and more prevalent, and there's there's this there's this narrative that the world is getting darker around us, and so my heart mourns, but then i I find myself going, God, just draw me next to you because i there's nothing else that's going to fix this but you." and it's almost that like helpless feeling right now yeah. as a parent as a as a leader yeah. like i can't i can't even watch the news or or read reports coming out anymore because the amount of deception the amount of evil yeah. the amount of how blatant it is now and if you speak out against it you know you're canceled that's where we're at presently and that's going to get worse to your point prepare but i love the wooing in the morning because the morning actually causes me to get wooed even more, like it t- causes yeah. me to go closer to the heart of God, because it's through the mourning that I acknowledge only You can fix this. Help, Jesus, yeah. I need You. Help, yeah. Jesus, we need You. Help, Jesus, You yeah. have to come, and and we will exalt Your name, like You have in Waterloo, Iowa. We will exalt Your name. We will lift You high, and we will dr- many will be drawn unto You. But yeah. I, I have I have to start at a place of mourning where I just go, God this really is bad. And I really can't yeah. fix this. I just, you said wooing and mourning in the context of preparation. It's just, that was perfect. I, I love that.
2: Yeah. I, I think the question then becomes in light of these things, you know, is that old Francis Schaefer, Schaefer book, you know, how now then shall we live? Right. And, um, and so for each person, each context, each community, yeah. there would be nuances. Um, but I, I really do the invitation I sense from the Lord, at least where we're at is um, to there's only one there's only one foundation that you can build on. Yeah. And so we got to we've got to build on Jesus. Right. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And then how do we live life together in community on mission? Right. It's not it's not time to get into our holy huddle, but it's time for us to run toward the rubble. Yeah. Right. We're we're the rescue unit. There is no plan B. No one else is coming. Right. When the angels come and declare the gospel in the heavens, it is the end. Right. They will Not hear it unless we proclaim it. Right. And so how do you build your people? Not just to persevere, but to make an impact. Yeah so how do you build people that way? And I would say, consider as a pastor or leader, train your family like missionaries to see this world as a mission field, that they are sent ones. God, the father sent the son, the son sent the spirit. The spirit has now sent the church. Um, that's that's what we've been called to do, right. to be a sent people. We're holy temples. There's tabernacles on every corner of the community that there are Christians there. Do people know that you are a city of refuge? Yeah. You know, there's an the idea the reality of this Goshen principle. God will build cities of refuge. That is for sure. But you in your home have become a city of refuge. Yeah. If the Lord is your Lord, if the blood of the Lamb covers the doorpost, is do your neighbors know that there's safety among you for an extra cup of sugar? Yeah. All the way to counseling on the couch because their marriage is on, is on, yeah. is on the and yeah. in doing so, I think we prepare the world. We prepare the world to meet the beautiful God. Yeah. Um, you know, He's He's. Um, this is a well-thought-out plan. Yeah. Jesus is holding the scroll. Yeah. Satan isn't doing anything. Jesus is releasing judgments in response to the prayers of his people. I mean, these are our best days. I know we say it, but, but really, if we consider, to your point, Zach, when you're here, we're part of a greater narrative. There's a greater story. Yeah. being written and, and by God's grace, my name and your names, our names are in it. And I just pray we live in such a way that when the books are open, I can say, God, I, I did my best. I loved the best I could. Um, I reached, you know, there's, I, I'll, I'll end with this. There's this passage in act 17, 26, that um, it's like a, a heart passage for me. And he says, he's, he's retelling the story, right? And he says, from one man, Um, God uh, created all men under the heavens, you know, essentially. And he says this, he says, and he ordained their boundaries in their places, right? Some depends on your translation. He set their boundaries, right? He set the places, he set the times. And I mean, just if you consider that. Yeah. God didn't let me be born in the time of Christ. Right. Right. He will not let me be alive in a hundred years from now. Right. It was God who determined the year 1980, March 27th, that I would be born. Right. And he determined the place. Yeah. Because he says the time and the place God determined. Yeah. And then he says this, and God did this so that men may reach out and find God, although he is not far. Wow. Wow. And I go, okay, yeah, okay, Lord, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to love your appearing. Yeah. I want to love your appearing. But he tells the disciples, they go, is it now? He goes, stop looking up and look out. Right. He goes, you go. Right. Be my witnesses. And here's the beautiful thing. The word witness there in the Greek is the word martyr. Yeah. Go be my witness in Judea, Samaria, and then as if to say, if you do this, you'll hasten my return, Matthew 24, 14. Yeah. Right? And this gospel of the kingdom must be preached on all the earth. And so it's this, it's this, I wanna prepare. By walking out the purpose of God for my life, for my family, for my community, hastening and quickening the day of the Lord's return until the beautiful church arises who's made herself ready. Maranatha, amen and amen. What a time to be alive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Q, would you pray amen. for amen. us? Yeah, pray as for we, us as we wrap up here.
2: Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Jesus, we love you and we, um, we long to love you more, we come into full agreement and we bless you and we bless your church, we bless your bride. We say she is beautiful and comely. We say she will arise and fulfill, fulfill her prophetic destiny. We ask that you would come, but you would strengthen that which remains. Would you help us to do the things we did at the first? Would you make yourself known through your church in Jesus name? Amen. Amen.
0: Brother, it was great having you. Uh, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate your, your life and God and, uh, and I appreciate what you're doing. I, I think everything you're talking about um, is essentially what you guys are, is, a, a, and it's a beautiful picture. And I'm, I'm glad we got to share this story. If if, if you're watching, you want to follow along. Q's got an Instagram, Quo Marshall on Instagram, and Hope City Church, uh, Waterloo is out there as well. You can check him out. And uh, if you're watching, you're like, man, that church sounds amazing. That's awesome. I want to encourage you so into them. They, I'm sure he's got a giving link on his deal. He didn't ask me to do that, but I just, I want to bless churches like this so if you're listening uh uh, hit that giving link on their website go find them google hope city church waterloo iowa you'll find it uh and uh q thank you for the time man yeah oh it's my honor well this has been the beautiful church podcast thank you so much for listening thank you very much that you would like subscribe share do all those things do all the things that you're supposed to do you know what to do yes you hit that little like thumbs up button
1: hit the bell hit yeah, the bell yeah hit the
0: bell for notify what is that for the notifications. notifications does anybody turn those one one is- on I would never turn those on but, but you we should want you we, we want you to. we want you to. um all of the things. It would really bless us if you left a review because uh, make that, a comment. Yeah, make a comment. Uh, any sort of interaction. Um, if you could go on to Spotify, press play, uh, and then <laughs> Apple Podcast, <laughs> press play. If you could, if you could have this on in your house while That's you're not awesome. there. Uh, it it's great. It blesses us, right? Because, you know, we get to play. In fact, we don't even care about you. No, exactly. <laughs> we just want you to <laughs> press play. That's all we're here no,
1: for. No, no, I'm just no.
0: kidding. I'm just kidding. It's always weird to do these. But either way, follow us on all of our social medias. This is going to be a fun journey. We're honestly, genuinely glad that you're a part of it. So we'll talk to you soon.